All right, we're back. Your favorite podcast show of the week. This is Location Weekly. It's episode number 522. We're recording live on June the 22nd. Yes, it's officially summer now. The solstice has passed and it's hot. And um, yeah, how are you, Brianna? I'm good. And it is hot. It's so funny how, I don't know, last week we had like such beautiful weather. I was working outside and then yesterday, first day of summer came and it was like, just sweaty and humid and hot. Summer's here. Summer is here for sure. But I'm not complaining. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, everything's good. Your family's good. Yeah. Everybody's good. Everybody's healthy. You know, things are starting to feel a little more normal here. Um, so yeah, we're just, you know, enjoying and well, my kids are enjoying summer, you know, it doesn't really change too much for us adults who work, but <laughs> <laughs> Life is good. Life is good. Nice. Nice. Yeah. You? Th yeah. Things are opening up here a little bit. You know, uh, patios are busy and, you know, uh, apparently we're going to be allowed some outdoor recreational sports. So looking forward to a softball season that didn't happen last year and things like that. So yeah, everybody's good. Family's good. And uh, yeah, I'm getting my second shot uh, this weekend. So I'll be fully vaccinated. Um, so that's good. Um yeah, and we'll see. We'll see what happens after that. Um, anyhow, we've we've got a good show for you this week. Four stories, as per usual. Um, some uh, capital raises and acquisitions. Uh, some interesting tech news. Um, and I'll let Abriana kick us off. All right. So we are going to head over to uh, Berlin, Uberall. Um, if you are not familiar with them. They are familiar to lots of other people in the location space that we've talked about in the past. And they obviously are helping brick and mortar locations, retailers um, kind of manage all of their listings across different apps and services, similar to lots of other companies we've covered. They have raised $115 million and they've also acquired a company that we covered not too long ago, Moment Feed out of LA. Um, so this is interesting, right? Um, you know, they, they are buying moment feed they are going to be scaling their business um you know there's a lot of overlap with these two companies for sure and what they offer but um overall did note that uh you know there were some some i guess like technology that would enrich and widen the platform by acquiring moment feed um and so it would make it a, a you know better especially around their their sentiment tool so measuring sentiment analysis uh, that moment feed i think we covered that not too long ago on this show um so TechCrunch research said that the funding was valuing uberall at around 500 million and the deal for moment feed was made for somewhere between 50 and 60 million is what they were kind of um estimating there so you know lots of uh, those are some good numbers, some strong numbers. Um, the, the funding was led by London-based investor Briggle Milestone uh, with Level Equity, United Internet, and then some of the overall management participating as well. Um, you know, this is not really surprising to me. We always talk about how we're going to see consolidation in the space. We're going to see companies, you know, acquiring, pairing up or dying out. And this is um, certainly a representation of that consolidation. Even the CEO of Moment Feed in this uh, press release noted this. Um, and I think that this is just, again, like this is on trend. This is what we should be expecting right now. Um, these location companies kind of doubling up 
their efforts and, um, you know, bridging together technologies to try and stay alive during all of this time and transition. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a, you know, it makes sense that this is happening, some good numbers. Um, and, you know, I expect that we will probably see some more of these consolidations, maybe not in this exact space, but perhaps, you know, there's some other players like I think uh, Banjo and um, was it Yext, you know, so there's still some opportunities for more mergers and acquisition in the space. So we'll have to stay tuned to see what happens there. What you think? Yeah, I, I think this is a, it, it's a big move for, you know, that segment of the industry around sort of local listings and listings management and um, sort of, uh, you know, content management uh, for, for a lot of sort of multi-location brands. These guys are, you know, certainly one of the biggest players, if not the biggest player now, you know, sort of, it's kind of yext in them, I guess, in terms of size and volume. Um, you know, they've got, you know, big relationships with gas station chains and, um, you know, KFC and, and a lot of pretty major brands. And I, and I think, yeah, I, consolidation is, is definitely, um, sort of the name of the game right now. And I think, you know, in a lot of ways, the pandemic has created, uh, opportunities, you know, where some companies, you know, weren't able to survive because of, you know, lockdowns and shutdowns of businesses and those businesses not spending, uh, and others, you know, that are well capitalized, able to kind of take advantage of that. Um, you know, we obviously uh, uh, talked about um, uh, yeah, DevHub recently as well, and and you know the acquisition of Brickwork that they made, um, you know, which is in a similar sort of category and space here. Um, you know, and this is not the first acquisition for Uberall either. I mean, they've been acquiring companies for a number of years. I know, going back a, a couple of years ago, they acquired. Uh, uh, Navads, um, which was uh, out of uh, Amsterdam and actually ran the LBMA um, chapter locally there, um, kind of, you know, roll that into their operations. So, you know, from certainly from a European point of view, you know, by far the largest player, um, you know, in the market um, and, uh, you know, with, you know, pr pretty uh, good presence here uh, in North America as well. Um, so, so I think, it just speaks to sort of the growth of the industry and I think sort of bringing moment feed into the portfolio uh, and what it adds on the sentiment side and you know you know we talked a few weeks ago about their their photos piece uh, and the visual aspects of that and kind of what that brings you know uh, as sort of an added piece into into the mix of uh, enhanced listings and and uh, and, and content uh, I think there's it, it's a really it's a really solid move and you know certainly uh, you know, $115 million is, is nothing to sneeze at in terms of capital to continue to grow and expand and potentially, you know, add other small players, um, you know, that they could, they could bring in as well. So I like it. I think it's a, it's a good move. So congrats to, uh, to Florian and, you know, Lex and all the guys over there, um, you know, that, uh, that we know well, um, you know, uh, looking forward to see um, further growth. So, yeah. All right, uh, moving on to our second story now uh, is uh, a little bit different. Uh, so this is a, a startup startup uh, called Life Tagger. Um, and they have sort of um, trying to do some innovation around QR codes. Uh, so a, a couple of guys who are actually cousins, uh, Marlon Brown and Kendrick Pullen, um, uh, have built this company called Life Tagger. 
And what they've kind of set out to do, it's based in Charleston, um, and they're kind of focused on location-based or proximity-based messaging. Um, and so the sort of impetus for this was really, um, you know, how can they uh, help brands sort of reach out to people locally uh, and kind of get them offers and coupons and messages and, and um, you know, reminders, um, you know, so, you know, I've got to pick up milk and I'm passing by the grocery store. Let me send a reminder to myself to do that and things like that. And I guess on the surface, I look at that and I go, nothing really innovative from a tech point of view. You know, I can set a reminder, you know, on my iPhone to, you know, send me a proximity based alert uh, to do that right now. Um, but I think what's interesting here is they're really going after, you know, small business, local brands, uh, you know, and helping them build audience uh, with people in their community. And I think that in itself is, is, you know, something that is challenging. I think big companies, you know, we can talk about Uber all that we just talked about, like, you know, that, that deal with these kind of local uh, businesses, um, you know, it, it's a struggle, uh, you know, to A, get local businesses to sort of buy into that. And I think you sort of have to be part of the community. You have to sort of, you know, be rooted in it uh, to really sort of uh, be able to kind of build the connections and build build those relationships to help those kinds of businesses. So, you know, I see this as a, as a platform that works well at, at that sort of small regional, you know, community level. Um, it probably is the kind of thing that's hard to scale, uh, you know, into, you know, big markets um, and bigger brands, but I think as a local regional play, it's, it's very interesting. It reminds me of some of the sort of, you know, if we wind the clock back in the LVMA here to, you know, companies like, you know, AOL's Patch or, um, you know, even the early days of Groupon uh, or Living Social or things like that, you know, of how they tried to build, you know, in a local community and then kind of grow from there. So I think there's potential here. And then the other piece of what they've tried to do is uh, what they're calling QR 2.0. Um, you know, we're all sort of up to speed on QR codes now. They're everywhere. Um, and what they're trying to do is create a more dynamic version of a QR code where when you scan it, it, um, it can basically create a sort of full on commercial uh, for that business. Um, so social media uh, feeds uh, tied to that business, um, video content, you know, all sorts of different things that it can do. It's not just here's our menu or here's our, you know, whatever. Uh, it can be a full-on sort of uh, experiential uh, play around, you know, driven off of that uh, QR code. So, um, yeah, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, I like the premise that they built the app around. I think that if there's a more seamless way to um, send more timely messages, either to ourselves or to people in our circle, I think that's really helpful. So, you know, like a reminder that, hey, if you're by the grocery store, pick up this or like, you know, hey, remember to drop off your donation at Goodwill that's in there, your trunk that's been there for two weeks, like whatever it may be, right? I like that. I think that that's really useful, um, you know, if there's a seamless way to do it. And, you know, the QR 2.0 to me is a little less exciting unless it is a, a more seamless kind of um, integration. I think that's a little bit harder. Um, but what I also love about this is that uh, this team actually is out of 
my home state, South Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina. Um, and they are black entrepreneurs, black tech entrepreneurs. And I think that's awesome. We saw a lot of that growing in Atlanta when I was there. Um, and it was, you know, great to see just the opportunities that were growing in our city. And it's good to see that this is expanding beyond, you know, Atlanta. Um, and so I think that's really cool that, um, that they're seeing this and, and, you know, getting some, some, um, some press from it. So I don't know, I, I want, I want to interact with the QR 2.0. I want to better understand what does that look like and how does it help small businesses? Uh, but again, like you said, I think the adoption piece of that is difficult. It's kind of like, um, I don't know if you remember like scout mob or, you know, some of these like ways that you interact with different retailers, whether it's discounts or sales or whatever that drive you to try new places. Um, you know, it's a, it's a hard adoption to come by. You have to get a lot of buy-in. Um, so I don't know, I'm, I'm more skeptical about that scaling, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm hopeful for them. Yeah. So, you know, like, I think it'll be an interesting thing to watch and, you know, like certainly, you know, I love, you know, young startup entrepreneurs like this. So, you know, I certainly hope the best for them and, uh, you know, uh, definitely reach out from an LBMA point of view and see if there's something we can do to support uh, as well. So, um, yeah, uh, check it out. Yeah. Like Tiger, uh, QR code 2.0. All right, our next story. All right, on to the C's. Princess Cruises are announcing some new technology to help kind of enhance their their cruise ships, which they said are starting to take off July 25th. So uh, they, they returned to sailing July 25th. So that's right around the corner, right? Um, so they're introducing this new on-demand service that allow guests to ask for help and call crew members to their location. Um, and they can you know, get in-person assistance. So this is called Crew Call. Um, that's their trademark name for this. So it's um, available on the stateroom TVs um, to guide crew members to the guest's exact location. Um, and then guests can also text uh, their specific request. They have kind of some chat features that are that are built in um, that can be used on their app, which is I can't remember. They have all of these different trademark names, so I think that's really funny. Um, anyways, so they have uh, also integrated a wearable, right? This is called their Ocean Medallion. So it's a it's a wearable. It's part of all these new features that they're you know kind of bringing together, and they're hoping to make the guest experience a little better. So it's you know touchless things like uh, commerce, using it for keyless entry, um, you know different capabilities like to access using smartphones and tablets, wayfinding, um, finding family and friends that are also on the boat, um, all these different things. So and you can have like an interactive planner, all of those and um, and it's part of what they're calling truly touchless conveniences. Um, so they're starting this back um, on the Majestic Princess in Alaska and the Regal Princess and Sky Princess um, with seacations in the UK. Um, and the UK ones are starting July 31st. So this reminds me a lot of the Disney parks, the Fast Pass, the Magic Band, you know, just being able to like pay and do everything with that. Um, I think this is good for two reasons. One, I think that the, the ability to have somebody pay with a wristband um, and not have to pull out their wallet or fork over cash while they're on board or in a resort or you know in a theme park. Um, one, I think it's going to significantly drive sales because it just 
makes us think that we're not actually spending money. Um, it's just like an easier thing until you get that, you know, $10,000 bill at the end of the week. <laughs> so I think that um, that is great from a business perspective. It's smart. And then I think from a guest and consumer um, you know, experience perspective, just being able to do everything with that wristband is great. Like not having to worry about, you know, where did I lose my key? Did I put it in my purse? Did I put it in my pocket? Did I leave it at the pool? Where is it? I think that's very helpful. And just being able to kind of navigate um, in terms of calling the crew to you, I can see that maybe for like a medical emergency or something like that could be really helpful. Um, and I think that, you know, also being able to answer questions via text and chat and not have to wait in line could also improve the experience from, you know, consumer standpoint as well. Nobody wants to be standing in line waiting to get information when they're on vacation, right? So um, overall, I think this is great. You know, these are the types of, of things that are good for, for experience and they're also good for driving revenue. So I think it's a wise investment from a business perspective. So I think this for me checks um, kind of both sides of that uh, you know, box that we always talk about, like, is it driving business? Is it driving revenue? And then is it actually a service that customers, consumers, um, vacationers will use? And I think the answer to both is yes. So what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I, so I, I think, um, you know, does it drive revenue? I don't know. Um, you, you know, I, I think that's to be determined, but I think from a guest experience point of view, I think this is great. Um, you know, I've obviously, you know, we've been on a number of cruises over the years. Um, and, um, I think, you know, being able to, especially if you have like little kids or something like that, you know, knowing, you know, where they are, um, you know, and being able to kind of find your, your family or your other people in your group that you're connected to, you know, using sort of location data in that way, I think is interesting. I think the emergency services of, you know, sort of finding, you know, the, the spot and getting help uh, to where you need to as quickly as possible. I think that makes sense. I think the one thing that uh, they don't talk about here, which I think is an interesting potential piece, um, you know, with those wearable devices and the apps and, the, and all the location stuff that's going on here, one of the things that we've been seeing, um, you know, start to happen, I think, in a workplace environment, uh, from a COVID point of view, is using wearable devices and things like that uh, to look at uh, social distancing and potential exposure uh, to people who've tested positive and things like that, and sort of measuring sort of proximity, and so on. So I think, for hypothetically, if there was, let's say, an outbreak on a cruise ship, which has happened in the past, um, you know, being able to quickly identify through, you know, those, those wristbands and, and other things, you know, who was in close proximity uh, to that individual uh, and be able to potentially, you know, more quickly isolate or, you know, section off, um, you know, those kinds of people could limit, um, you know, other potential exposure and things like that. Um, so I think there are a lot of, you know, advantages, um, you know, in terms of overall sort of public health and safety as well um, that I think, you know, could be useful from sort of just having the technology deployed and having everybody have the apps and the wearable devices and so on. So I think there's, there's a lot of potential there um, in, in where it can go. So, yeah. All right. On, on to our final story. So uh, Perch, um, which is a company that's in sort of the digital signage slash computer vision space. Um, 
has uh, launched a, uh, a new partnership with Purina, where they're testing uh, their NCAP displays at 200 supermarket lo locations in the US Midwest. And, you know, I have to say, like, this is not something I had envisioned uh, when I, you know, first learned and, and sort of interacted with Perch going back some years now. You know, you know, the Perch I know, you know, like the technology hasn't changed. It's the same, you know, basically what Perch, you know, the way I think about Perch is you walk into, you know, a store and there's like a digital uh, signage display and below that or around that uh, or built into that is a, um, you know, a shelving unit with products and, and things on it. And, and I remember the, the one picture that sticks with me is they have, they had a partnership, you know, some years ago, and they may still have with Sephora. And you'd walk in and, you know, there would be like a display for Joe Malone, um, you know, perfume and beautiful, beautiful, like well-designed aesthetic and display and with the screen all sort of built into it. And then basically the way it works is using computer vision technology, you pick up the bottle of perfume off of the shelf and it knows which bottle you've picked up. And then the screen lights up and tells you all about that particular bottle, that particular perfume and, you know, its merits and, you know, its, its fragrance and, and, you know, the, the scent and the tones and the whatever that are make that up and, you know, and so on. And so it's a really cool interactive experience in that, in that sense. And so they're essentially now kind of bringing that, I'll call that bringing that down market, I guess, to, uh, you know, grocery now and working with Purina and, and pet food. Um, and so like, to me, it, like that's a different kind of experience, right? Yes, I think functionally learning about the pet food and how it's made or, you know, the, you know, organic, you know, nature of it or whatever, you know, like bringing you the information I think is, is super relevant. Um, you know, I, I don't know what sort of like, does the price point make sense? you know, for, for mass merchandise and mass, you know, uh, type of retail like that at grocery or like a Walmart or things like that. And I think, you know, I, I totally see it at the high end um, and, the, and the medium uh, sort of range there. Uh, you know, for me, I question sort of the scalability of it down at, at, at this level. But uh, from a technology point of view, from a sort of experiential point of view, I love I've always loved the stuff that Perch does and, you know, Trevor and the team over there, like, you know, they're, they're, they're sharp, uh, you know, sort of very smart group of people. Um, so, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's interesting to kind of see them teaming up with, uh, with Purina and kind of bringing this to, uh, to grocery stores. What are your thoughts? Well, I know that it's been a long time since I've had to buy dog food. Um, so we don't have a dog anymore, but, Dog food's not cheap, you know, it's definitely expensive. It's definitely not um, at the perfume level expensive, right? And I would agree with you, does the investment in this technology, you know, merit this type of a spend and this whole, you know, interaction? Are people like, just give me the dog food or do they really, you know, some people really care, but I would think that they would probably do more research, um, you know, on different brands versus one brand, right? Uh, or kind of comparing ingredients versus just looking at an interactive display. I'm not sure. It'll be interesting to see how this pans out in this application. Um, but I agree. Like, I, I think that, um, I don't know. I, I feel like the experience 
from a consumer perspective might be more educational, more informative if it was a screen that multiple brands could buy, right? So if there was a dog food aisle and there was multiple spots for multiple brands for there to be some level of comparison and education like in real time versus it just being, um, you know, for one brand, um, it seems a little bit of an overkill, especially if Purina is likely going in with some type of co-op marketing between, you know, Purina and the actual uh, grocery store. So um, I agree. It, you know, I'm not like super stoked about this. I don't think it's, you know, it, it isn't super new, but also for the dog food application, it's interesting. So I think we need to kind of maybe, um, I don't know, maybe we can hear more about it, see some videos of like what's going on and, and what the response is. Does it actually drive more sales? That's the question. Because from a consumer perspective, I don't think that it really makes a great experience or a bad experience. It's kind of meh. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I like it from an experience point of view. Like I, I think, you know, sort of that, I, it's kind of like, you know, if you remember like the Microsoft Surface tables and things like that, like it's this idea of like, you know, I lift the thing up and I, I, I get information or, I, you know, I touch something on the table and I get information. And, and I think, you know, sort of this idea of everything being connected and everything kind of creating experiences. I, I think it's, it is, you know, it goes back to what I say all the time about, you know, retailers needing to create experiences as a reason to, you know, turn the store into a destination and a place for people to come to and and be able to engage and interact with with product um in a way that you can't do on amazon for example or you know what have you so 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 i think it, it is part of that sort of mix of technologies that can make that possible so i like it for that reason so there you go so that's our show um you've been listening to episode number 522 of location weekly we thank you for your time uh, if you have story ideas, reach out to us, please, um, and let us know. Uh, give us uh, some love on whatever podcast platform you're consuming this on. And uh, we'll be back next week with yet another show. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.